Again, our appreciation with uh, the music theme, and we thank God for their lives, that they have allowed God to use them, and uh, in a way, they are able to, you know, lead us into worship and uh, using the talents in music and, of course, in songs. And uh, today, this is the fourth Sunday, ikaapat ng Domingo, sang unang bulan sa 2021, year 2021. Though kadasig lang, but I know, as long as we know that our life is centered in God and we know that God holds our life, there will always be a powerful future ahead of us. Now, today we are now... Uh, we're going to open our hearts to the Lord. Again, an opportunity to listen to His voice. And the title of the message this uh, day is Live as Citizen of Heaven. In other words, we need to live a life not as only citizens of this world, but we must, as believers, live our life as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We are going to look at Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, reading verse 17 until Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many, for many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizen is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of His glory by the power that also enables Him to make all things subject to Himself. Last verse, Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, who I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. May God bless the reading of His Word, and may God bless each and every one of you who are listening and also expecting that God will do mighty things in the midst of us. I do not know what the Lord will do to you today, but I'm sure that because of His Word and because of His Holy Spirit, we are able to receive everything He prepared for us today. We thank God for that. Now, if you are here today with your friends and loved ones beside you or your family, that's good. That we should always come together as one. And uh, we pray that this morning also that uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit will always be welcome in the midst of us. I want you to just open your hearts to Him. 
and allow him to speak to you. You see, our experience in this world is always based on our five senses. Now, most of the people are basically focused on these five senses in the physical world because some of them doesn't understand that there is another world. We call that the heavenly world. One of the greatest challenges we face is being earthbound as Christians, but heaven, or rather earth-based, sorry, earth-based, earth-based, but heaven-bound. Now, this is the world that holds the attention of the majority of its inhabitants. And that's why the Bible is very clear to remind the believers that we are in this world, but not of this world. Now, a question that each must face is this. Is my mind set on earthly things or is my mind set on heavenly things? That's the question that we need to ask as often as we can. Now, our text today will teach us what it means to be a citizen of heaven. Citizen of heaven, but we are on earth. Now, the followers of Jesus Christ, as, as his children, as his followers, and of course, citizen of his kingdom, we live a different lifestyle because we are, as I've said, citizens of heaven. We belong to another country. Now, what does that mean? Well, a citizen has his name on record. I do not know about you, but each one of us have our name recorded when we were born. In our country where we were born, that's our country of origin. Now, the Bible tells us that when we lost or we become sinner, we lost our identity, but then later on, we trusted Christ. Immediately on the time when we received the Lord Jesus Christ, we immediately become citizen of his kingdom. That means citizen of heaven. And the Bible says that the moment the sinner give his life to the Lord, his name is written in the book of life. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 3, uh, Paul, who is the one writing this, was in fact naming several names in the church. I think two or three names he mentioned, and he said because their name is in the book of life. So you and me, when we receive Christ, I want you to know that your name is written down in heaven. How do I know that? Now look at what Luke chapter 10, verse 20, to remind us of this passage. Now, this is after uh, Jesus sent his disciples, I think 72 of them, they were sent without the presence of Jesus. They were sent alone. And that Jesus empowered them to cast evil spirit and to heal the sick, so on and so forth. And they saw that. They experienced the power of God over their lives. So when they came back, they were so excited to tell Jesus, to tell Jesus that they saw even Satan 
fall like lightning. He saw Satan fell. That means that Satan was defeated. And so this is where Jesus started to tell them. Look at Luke chapter 10 verse 20 and he says, However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Wow. You see, as citizens of heaven, we will speak or live differently than others. The citizens of heaven understand spiritual things and enjoy discussing them or even sharing them to others or to one another. A citizen of heaven is required to follow the law found in the scriptures we call the Bible, which is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this morning, we are going to approach the scriptures that the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians. He wrote these words to his beloved brothers and sisters while he was very far away from, from them because he is in the prison jail in Roma, or in Rome, rather. Now, as you read them, you will realize that, you know, you will feel that it is actually saying it personally to them, and if he could have spoken these words personally, looking to them in their eyes, and saying to them with deep earnestness and love in his voice, it is as if so much of their spiritual well-being and even their eternal joy they would experience in heaven. You see, by believing and fully doing what he is about to say to them, and at the same time he is also saying these words to us today. Now he knows because he shows us in the section of the scriptures that living our life as citizen of heaven reflects the life of Christ in us. And that is a life that is so distinct or different from the lifestyle of the world. Now according to Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, he mentioned about our citizenship is in heaven. It means that we are to live on this earth according to the values of heaven. We are committed to the agenda of the one who is considered sovereign in heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, of course, no less than our Savior, Jesus Christ. How do we live then as citizens of heaven? So in this passage, we are going to look at three powerful truths. How we can live our life here on earth. We are earthbound or earth-based, but heavenly bound. So therefore, we need to know, and we are going to discover that in the letter of Paul. How do we live as citizen on earth? Or rather, a citizen of heaven here on earth. Number one, we have to have a pattern to acknowledge. There is a pattern 
Now, let me read to you once again, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. And this is to remind us, not just the brothers during his time. He says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep our eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Now, that word example, basically, he was telling us about a pattern to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge the example. So, kaysi no example in it. The example of Paul. That's why he mentioned that join in me or imitating me. My life is an example. Now, example of Paul. Now, he is a great example as he is the follower of Jesus Christ. Nothing is more important to Paul than Christ and His church. Amunang iya pinaka-priority the moment he uh, encountered God at the road to Damascus, his life totally was changed. In Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he also mentioned the same word, similar to this. He said, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, you should imitate Christ. Why is it that he said that you need to imitate me as I imitate Christ? Now, very powerful truth about this because it has been uh, a debate uh, of some biblical scholars that uh, Paul was actually uh, was not trying to tell his uh, hearers or even the people of God during his time, that uh, he was so proud about what he has, you know, uh, somehow has uh, uh, fulfilled in his life when he is now uh, doing the work of God. Now, what was Paul was saying is this. Now, let me read to you Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. He says, Whatever you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, Put these things into practice, and the Lord of peace will be with you. Now, he mentioned here that whatever you have learned, whatever you have received, whatever you have heard or seen, there are four things. Learning from Him, as an example. Receiving something from Him. Probably during those days, they knew Paul. They have seen the life of Paul before he became a believer. And then what they have heard about Paul and seen about him, he says, put them into practice. Now, so when Paul was saying, follow me, he is really saying, follow Jesus. He is able to demonstrate how Christ lived and instructed us to live. Now, you realize during that time, Jesus is no longer around. And the only example are supposed to be the disciples. But in the case of Paul, he is the best example for not only believers, but for other people to see Christ in his life. Now, one of the powerful, uh, probably, texts that I would like to share with you that talks about this to strengthen why Paul is saying that imitate me as I imitate Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, 
Many of us are familiar with that. And uh, it provides us some insight into Paul's thinking when he wrote Philippians chapter 4 or chapter, yeah, chapter 3, verse uh, 17. And he wrote this in Galatian church. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have seen, or I have been, sorry, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now use the word crucifixion. That means, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. In other words, Paul was telling his followers or other believers during his time is that what you have seen me is what I have also done because I follow Christ. So that means he did not live his life the moment he knew Christ. He didn't live his life the old way. He lived his life the new way. It's a new life for Paul. That's why his name was changed. He used to be known as Saul, but because there was an encounter. And it's not just an encounter alone, but that moment becomes a foundation of the change of his life day after day. Because he was able to crucify himself in order for him to live for Christ. Now, so powerful truth about that. So Paul was saying, if we are going to live a uh, citizens of the kingdom, we need to look at the pattern. Acknowledge the pattern in the life of Paul. In other words, in the life of somebody whom we consider as living exactly like Christ. Now, another one he mentioned because he mentioned about the word joining in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. In other words, another pattern is not just Paul, but also a pattern coming from fellow Christians. Examples of fellow believers. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 also it strengthens us in this particular pattern for other believers or fellow christians he says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin examples of believers examples of christians now, he used the word walk. In 1 John 1, 7, that we just recently read, is the same. Now, the word walk in our current context has references to how one lives. If the believers walk or how you live as Christians. It is our job to live out our Christian life into a practical everyday action in accordance with the instructions God laid in, of course, the scriptures in the Bible. We need to imitate real believers. I know some of you are just starting your walk 
towards maturity. And you need to imitate believers who have been there. And there is a pattern for Christian living that the apostle wants others to discover and then imitate it. And this pattern includes, if you try to look at somebody who is Christian, you have to look at their examples. What are they? Selfless sacrifice. What is selfless sacrifice? Is not seeking your own interest. If Christians are like this, you follow their example. You know, I have seen believers ahead of me and they have a selfless lifestyle. They always put others first before themselves. So I've learned from that and I activated that in my own life. A selfless sacrifice. To seek not on your own benefit, but for the benefit or interest of others. Another one is caring for others. You find out and follow them. Acknowledge them. Caring for others more than caring for themselves or caring for ourselves. We should always put others first. Then the third one is that we have to look at believers who are seriously following and obeying Christ. Seriously follow and obey Christ. I know that there are believers who say, I go to church, I read the Bible, but sometimes we don't look at their life having selfless sacrifice or caring for others before uh, I mean, they care for themselves before they, you know, uh, extend caring for others. And they are not, in fact, serious in following Christ or obeying Christ. You see, when the, when, when the hard thing comes or when problem arise, you will realize whether that is uh, the, the person that you say are believers or Christians. Uh, normally, when my problem, my difficulties in the munasila makitan they don't start stand on their own faith and they sometimes forget god you see there is a doctrine of perseverance the doctrine of perseverance tells us that all true believers ang matutuod nga mga believers will remain faithful till the end what do i mean by this that means even you know, we are living in a, a time where so much problems are going to arise. Wickedness will be there. And uh, increase of problems. Uh, we, will, we will encounter them. But if you are a true believer, you need to persevere until the end. Because today, some people are saying they are believers and they know God, they have Christ in them. But you see, sometimes it's just a lip service because not everyone who claims they are believer, in fact, is not real. You will know when they are being tested. Now I know that you are not that person. I'm just telling you that you need to imitate real believers. So, number one, 
we have to have a pattern to acknowledge. And number two, well, very important truth, a people to avoid. We must see to it that we are going to look at some people that we need to avoid. Now, in verse 18 to 19, very clear. Let me read that to you again. It says, For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Now, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and their glory is in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. Now, very clear to Paul, no? Now, for every good example he mentioned, there will always be bad examples. Now, Paul, having just exhorted us about people that we need to follow, like himself and other believers as good example, now he is trying to warn us not to follow bad examples or bad people who probably are saying they are believers, but they are not. Now, very clear um, instructions ni Paul if we are going to live our heavenly lifestyle. And uh, it's so important for us to note that. So the specific application of what he said is we need to ask the question, who were they to avoid? Sino ba lang i-avoid natin? Now, he mentioned this, he says, because they are the enemies of the cross. He mentioned the word enemies of the cross. Now, he specifically mentioned two group of people, the Judaizer, the Judaizing teachers, and the false teachers. First and foremost, sino bala ang Judaizer? Now, the word Judaizer is a Greek verb meaning to live according to Jewish customs. Sa mga Jew nga kostumbre. And that is in order for the Christians to truly be right with God. He must conform to the so-called Mosaic Law. During the time of Moses, uh, everyone, the, first, the firstborn son, a male one, will always be circumcised. So they, they constantly put that as a legality for the believers during the time of Paul or during the New Testament believers. They said that, you know, your salvation is not complete unless you are, you are circumcised. So this is uh, why the Judaizer are trying to what? Are trying to add on to what Paul was talking about, that salvation is by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should somehow uh, work it out for themselves. So they are promoting the necessity of salvation that there must be circumcision. Amunang Judaizer teachers. Then he mentioned about the false teachers. Now, false teachers, they are somehow, they are teaching other doctrines. 
which is against what has already been established by Paul in the early days of the church. Now, why were there enemies of the cross? Naagin mentioned sila that they are enemies of the cross. Now, ano balabot silingon sini? Well, first and foremost, they had fallen from grace. Their concern are only for earthly things. They believe, but yet, ang ila panguna-una, tagipusuon, are still in the earthly things. That's why they are not fixing their eyes on things above. Because they wanted, you know, first, the things of this world. Look at verse 19. Look at what he said again. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And the glory is their shame. And their minds are not set. Or it's only set on earthly things, not on things about. So basically, this is the manifestation of what Paul was saying. The manifestation of these people who became enemies of the cross is that they are sensu there will be sensuality. So it's fleshly. And of course, there will be pride. Pride will always creep in. They don't want to be taught. They wanted to teach wrong doctrine. And much on this is that they are covetous or there is always covetousness on their side. That's why their, what? Their God is their what? Is their belly. Simpre pagkaon. They are so they're coveting not just many things, but even the food mentioned. Now, another one he mentioned about shame. Their shame. Because their glory is their shame. Now, it's shame. It degrades what? Degrades the understanding of what it is to be a believer. It degrades the moral nature of being the citizen of heaven. So that's why they don't care because they still have this pride, they still have sensuality because they don't look at the morality side of what Paul was teaching the church during those days. And of course, they degraded the spirituality of the teachings of Paul. So what is the end? That's why the Bible says that their end is destruction. So definitely if they continue to do that, there will be ruin along the way. They will become miserable. Misery will be there. And of course, destruction. Remember John 10.10, 10, the objective of the enemy is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So basically, if you keep on doing this and not understanding your citizen, in fact, the principles of the Word of God, so that they can live that life here on earth with a kingdom citizen mindset. So, very important. Otherwise, you will also experience ruin or misery or even destruction if you fail to follow what Paul is saying.
So the general application is this. Most often, when Christian refers to his or to her enemies, they are speaking about, actually Paul was speaking about sin in their flesh. He was, in fact, talking about temptations or even lust that arise from the wrong doctrine or from the wrong teachings. Now, these are enemies because they tempt you and me. They tempt us to act contrary to the cross of Christ. They won't take up their own cross and crucify their own flesh with its passion and desires. So when Jesus was talking about this in Matthew 16, verse 24, and he mentioned this, he says, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. Take up your cross. Your cross basically is you need to crucify your flesh desire, your fleshly desire, your passion. But because of the teachings, the false teachings, that it's okay, which is not okay. So today we have so much teachings in the world that many believers are also being influenced by. It. That it's okay, God understands. It's okay if I am a believer, but I am a male, but I still allowed, you know, to have a boyfriend. If we allow that, we are not actually living as citizens of heaven. Because you're trying to defy, you're, what you're trying is that you don't, you don't crucify your flesh. It's just a flesh. Now believers who are influenced by this mindset that, you know, it's okay. The Lord understands my feelings. That is not the truth. It's the work of the devil. So you also have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to crucify your flesh. That's why Paul mentioned this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Ano ang ni Paul? It's no longer I who lives. If you are a believer, you don't live for your own desires. You don't live for your own passion. You live for Christ. That means you allow Christ to take control. After all, He is our King and Lord. So you follow his instructions. And this is what Paul is saying. And this is also what Jesus Christ was telling us. If you really want to call you my disciples, you must take up your cross. Take up your cross. That means you need to crucify your old self, your old desires. Subong, so, if you are a believer and you're constantly trying to live your life on your own, even though if you know it's sin, I don't think God is pleased with that. So today, in order for God to bless you in 2021, you need to follow the instructions, the constitution, the word of God, the scriptures. If you are a citizen of heaven, you have to crucify the things that you are not supposed to do because you are now in this country, in a spiritual country 
we call the kingdom of God. This leads us to number three. Number three is that, of course, we know that we have to acknowledge the pattern. And, of course, the second one is that we are supposed to avoid some people who will influence us. That's why Paul was very much clear about that. You need to avoid people. You need to accept people to be able to influence you. These are the good people, the good Christians. They are living their own life. But of course, you have to also avoid some of those. Now, I'm not just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, judge other people, but God has given you the kind of uh, Spiritual selection. The Bible says that we have to choose our company because bad company corrupts good character. So the third one is that Paul mentioned about this, that we have a purpose to achieve. A purpose to achieve. Why we need to live our, you know, a citizen, a citizen of heaven here on earth. Why we need to follow the pattern, the examples? Why we need to try to avoid some people? Because otherwise, we are not going to achieve the purpose that God placed inside of us. I have been talking about the purpose in the past, past sermons I've had. Now, and purpose is so important. So each one of us have our personal purposes in life. We call that calling. But during this time, Paul has somehow trying to teach us this kind of achievements, a purpose that he mentioned in this passage. So let's try to look at that, a purpose to achieve. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 again. Now very clear, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is the highest hopes. This is the kind of purpose that gives us the highest hope in the future. Now, he mentioned about conversation and he who converses a citizen of heaven has his affection affection of what waiting for the coming of the lord jesus christ he must have this love in his mind it should be his mind on earth should be concentrated to the coming of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, not only that, he was also talking about our citizenship, the heavenly state of mind. He was referring to the change of our thinking. State of mind can only be preserved by looking at the Savior, the Lord from heaven. Kung galain ang aton focus sa sining kalibutan, gakadula ang aton paglantaw sa sining gin-promise ni Lord that He will come again. 
Kung galain ang aton focus, kung galain aton priority, there is always a chance that we even forget that we are citizens of heaven. Because if our affections are on this world, are on the things of this world, our mind also will be affected. So, our mind becomes earthly rather than heavenly. That's why there is a purpose to achieve. The highest hope is that our mind will fix on that is so important. And he used the word from there, the Savior Jesus Christ must be expected by the believers. Let me just strengthen what I'm saying. The word citizenship, that word citizenship, our citizenship, he mentioned, is emphatic. That means it signifies an actual existence. Actually exists. That's, that's the meaning of citizenship. Your citizenship, that means your actual existence. So the moment you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, immediately you become not just a child of God, not just a Christian, but actually you are now transferred from darkness to light. Your citizenship is immediate the moment you receive Christ. So if you are a Christian, your citizenship is not something to be. In other words, you hope to be in the future. But what does this mean when Paul says our citizenship is actually, you don't need to wait, it's now. I do not know kung saan mugin baton si Christ. Well, for me, it was long, long time ago. In the 80s. I received Christ when I was, I think, 87, 1987. From that time on, I thought all the while that I'm still, you know, living an old life or an old lifestyle. But now I understand since I begin to search, now I understand that the moment I receive Christ, immediately I become a citizen of heaven. So citizenship is not dependent also on distance. Who may be far beyond the reach of his government? For example, some of our Filipinos are outside working. They're working in other places. And they are still Filipino, as far as citizen is concerned. Now, of course, our country may not be able to help them. Now, if they have problems there, it takes time for an aid to come from any country where their citizens are in other places. And so, distance could become questionably. Can a citizen be helped by his country, by his government? Yes, but it will take time. But this big difference in the kingdom of God or in the heavenly kingdom or in the heavenly country, 
because our citizens or our citizenship is in heaven. But it's not limited by distance. It's not limited by time. Protection, liberty, freedom, facilities for advancement, whatever that might be. Our heaven or heaven's government will secure all of this to its citizens, wherever they are, or in this planet or in any other place. Because our citizenship is in heaven, and heaven is a spiritual country. It's not bound by time or even space. You realize that when we want God, God can be here in every moment. If He probably decides to come and to touch you, the presence of His heavenly kingdom will also be there. That's why the Bible says in His presence there is fullness of joy. Because the king of this heavenly kingdom is not bound by distance and by time. And even by situations. So remember that. Remember that. If you are a citizen of heaven, protection, liberty, freedom, facilities, provisions, advancement, is not a problem because our government, the spiritual government, the heavenly government will be able to aid us, to help us in times of need. I remember Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. My favorite verse, it says, that we can approach the throne room of God's grace and find help in times of our need. It's the same God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there is a hope, a powerful hope, when you and I becomes and understands our citizenship. The second one is this, a glorious transformation. Now this is the hope. This is the kind of hope that Paul was mentioning in this passage. Look at verse 21. He says, He will transform... I like this word that he will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. It's a glorious transformation. This is the purpose. We will have to experience the kind of transformation who shall change our vile body corrupted body it's considered the body of humiliation why because of sin because of decay because of death in this physical body but God through this passage that Paul mentioned that he wrote he says but there will be a glorious transformation awaiting us. Now, what will be the transformation? Well, the Bible is very clear. 
that we will be changed. Our corrupted body will be changed into a different kind of body. So who is going to be the model? Well, it's no less than Jesus Christ. It's Christ's glorious body. Now, how glorious was his resurrected body as he ascended to heavens? Remember the time of resurrection. How glorious will it be when he appears and as he comes on a great white throne to receive his people and eventually to judge the world as well. So the model of this glorious body is no less than Jesus. I can bring you back to the time of resurrection. You remember that Jesus appeared to his disciples. Bago siya nagkaya, balik, nag-ascend sa heaven, he still stays for about 40 days and show himself. You realize he was in a glorious body when he passed through the walls where the disciples were gathering. It's the body. Now, remember, Thomas doesn't want to trust or doesn't even believe that it is Jesus. Probably he doesn't believe because glorious body is totally, perhaps to, not, not totally different, but they can still identify who Jesus was. But he said he will not believe unless he will touch the hand of Jesus, and of course the side of Jesus. And so Jesus allowed that. And it was the glorious body. And that's exactly what Paul mentioned in this passage. That he says that we will be transformed. Our humiliation to be conformed. Be transformed to be like his glorious body as well. Now, to further, you know, understand this in first corinthians 15 and also it's it's paul who mentioned this and he said what will take place during this day it's found in verse 51 onwards i think it's until 55 or 54 let me read that passage to you first corinthians 15 51 it says listen i tell you the mystery we will not all sleep but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable. Look at that word. Imperishable. That means it's no longer corrupted. It's no longer corrupted. It's going to be changed. Incorruptible body. And we will be changed, the Bible says. Verse 53. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable and the mortal with immortality when the perishable had been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up with victory you see this is not yet happening it's the future promise of God for his citizens heavenly citizens you see the model the model is jesus 
And who will do this? Who will be the agent? Who will be the one that is going to be used? Now it's, it's there. In the Bible, it says, according to his working power. Now that is, in virtue of effectual working of his power, to subject all things to him. Remember, that before si Jesus nagkayab, inhambal siya, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Authority and power. Do you see how powerful Christ is? So, this transformation, who will do it? It's the working power of Christ. His power is not a dormant element, but an active force. A force working towards glorious results on behalf of His genuine disciples. Now, I want to challenge you today. Is there any impossible things in your life that God cannot address? That God cannot give an answer or even manifest His power to change whatever you encounter today? I don't think so. So in this passage, God is teaching us through the writer writing of Paul that if God is able to transform us like Jesus when he ascended, and the force he uses is his power to change us because he is powerful. Isn't it that this reminds us from the very beginning that it is God in the life of Jesus, he was already there in creation. He is the word. In the beginning was the word. John says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. In Genesis, God spoke the word. Now, can you imagine when we have this corruptible body, it's just one word from heaven that we say, you will be changed. Immediately you will be changed. Now that was in the future. But what about now? Ano ang connection sa atong subong sini? Well, basically God is telling us, your problem is too small. Your encounter is too small. Your situations that you think it's impossible, it's too small for God. Because He has a working power. And not only that, that working power He has already given us through the Holy Spirit living inside us every day. Nakalipat kita who is in us. Now, reminders Anton, that greater is He who is in us than He that is in this world. It is still the Holy Spirit who is working in us today. And He has the same power because He is God. So don't forget that. And the last is that there is a tender exhortation. The last verse in chapter 4, verse 1, we have told that we need to stand. We need to stand fast. Now the word stand fast in the path he has just described, standing fast is the idea of remaining strong. So this is the exhortation. 
given to not only the believers in Philippi, but also for us today. We need to stand fast, to remain strong, know the truth, and remain firm in your conviction. Do not waver, stay on track. We must stand fast in Christ. No matter what we see in the future, because he is still in control over our lives. So we must stand fast in Christ, not in error. Don't allow the errors of the world tries to influence you. Kadamo sa mga ginaubra sa buong sangkalibutan that many believers try to accept all those errors and these errors influence them. Errors of teachings, errors of the message that we receive. Instead of receiving the message of God in the scriptures, we try to receive errors that we hear in the news. These are all errors. I don't care if this is scientific. I don't care. Because the God that we serve, <laughs> He is the one who created science. And He is more than science. He can defy science. He can defy the natural law here. That's why he can fly. But the natural law here about the gravity, if we try to defy the gravity, well, definitely we will be destroyed. But when we stand on God, if we are trying to address an issue in the physical world, and it seems that we don't have the power to address issues that we face on a daily basis, we can tap on the promises of God. Because the promises of God is a spiritual promise. It's the truth more than scientific. It's far and beyond science. That's why he said, stand fast. Believers, stand fast. Don't waver. We must stand fast in Christ. Not in error. Not in our own personal wants. That's why Paul mentioned about fix your eyes above, heavenly. Not on our personal ability, but in the strength of our Lord. We must stand in the strength of our God. Now one way we are able to stand in the strength of the Lord is to set our minds on things above set our minds on things above. That means we have to live our life here on earth. Not as Filipinos, citizens, though we, our origin is in the Philippines, but we have other origins. We came from God. And we have been restored through Christ. Now, we are citizens of heaven. That means live our life as citizens of heaven here on earth. I tell you, God's power will be there. The Holy Spirit will help us. And the Word of God will become real. That the promises of God's Word will always be there. May God bless you. And may you have been blessed by the message today. Living as citizens of heaven on earth. That's why we are still here. We have to manifest 
the lifestyle of heaven in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Salamat o Dios, that as we constantly moving to the path, to the journey that we have to in 2021, you are not only giving us a reminder that there will be new things ahead of us, that we should not dwell in the past, but that we constantly look at the future in the eyes of God, in the perspective of heaven. Lord, we pray that we will learn more about our citizenship in heaven because it's so important. This is where we can learn to receive the benefits of our government in heaven. And we know that, Lord, you are the great king. You are not the kind of kings that we have here on earth. You are totally different. And you are always a king that provides. You're always a king that owns everything because you are Lord of lords. And most of all, you are our savior. Not just we have been saved from darkness into your marvelous light, but Lord, whatever happens in the future, whether we will be captivated by many things, we can still call upon you to save us. You are a God that salvages even that is already been ruined by the enemy. Thank you that today our faith will rise up. We will stand fast in the promises of God's word and not to allow the situations around us to stop us from being who we become in 2021 and beyond. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor as you bless each one today, wherever they are. In Jesus' name, all of us will say amen and amen. God richly bless you. Thank you for listening. Again, I encourage you to send the message to your friends and loved ones. I heard that there are some people, some believers who have already sent some of the messages to their loved ones, to their friends. And praise God. Some of their friends were saying, we're so blessed with the message. You see, it's not my message, it's God's message to them. So take this opportunity and be a blessing to others. Thank you also for your constant support in this ministry. I can continue to encourage you, please do support this ministry because I know God is going to use you as also a blessing. If this ministry has blessed you with the word of God in return, if you have so much to bless as far as material resources is concerned, if you have that, you can also bless this ministry. Thank you for being such a good listener and good believer and change the things that we need to change as we heard the message of God today. Praise Him, glorify Him, and we honor Him. Amen. God bless everyone.